week when we got out about five minutes early. We're going to, we're, we're, okay, there you go. Appreciated that. We're, we're going to try that again. We're going to try that again. So if I see you nodding off, just hang with us. Uh, man, I am really, I am really, it seems like it's weird because it's fifth Sunday, but I don't smell crockpots. But there's, I know when we get home, I'll smell one at our house. We've got, uh, we've got pork and sauerkraut cooking at our house to bring tonight. So um, it's Christy sauerkraut, so it's, it's the good kind. Ah, uh, but Kay's sick. Oh, good. We'll send some of her sauerkraut home with you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, come back tonight. Um, we will, it's kind of weird. Sometimes these fifth Sundays fall. I didn't realize how many holidays were at the end of the month. And sometimes they fall weird like this. So this year it fell weird. So instead of, I don't know, we just thought we'd give this a try. It won't be a problem next year. So uh, come back tonight for our fifth Sunday evening. And uh, I don't think, we're, we weren't even supposed to get this much snow. So I'm sure it'll be gone. Luke's getting ready to head out after church and get the roads cleared for us. And then he's going to bring his truck in here. Uh, tonight to eat so uh, so come back tonight and eat and uh, then we'll fellowship uh, there'll be games and and uh, I heard something about nerf guns um, I'm sure that'll be a hoot uh, me and you Evan you're going down <laughs> so come back tonight and I, I'm really I, I was putting because we, we finished our uh, uh, Revelation Church series um, was that last week Wait a minute, we didn't have church last Sunday night, did we? So it's two Sunday nights ago. Was that was Christmas last Sunday? Yeah. This time of year gets me all confused. So uh, we're starting something new, I believe. Um, I, I don't know. I got, I got like three things I'm working on for tonight. This new series, though, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm reading a book. Some of you don't know me well enough to be shocked, but my wife is pretty shocked. <laughs> and I couldn't put it down. It's crazy. Um, and, and I learned a lot. So I, I, what I decided to do, because sometimes I get too ahead of myself and I get confused and lessons overlap. So I think I'm going to just study one week at a time. That will be different for me. So I don't even know where it's going to go, where it's going to end. Eh, sometimes I do that. don't know where it's going to go, where it's going to end. But this first lesson, I, I'm pretty excited about. I don't know if that'll be tonight or next Sunday night, um, but it's you, you don't want to miss it. Like I, I've learned a lot just in a few hours this week. I was pretty. Uh, it, it's a book. Don't don't get the book and read it. You'll spoil it. But it's called Eternity in Their Hearts. I'll give you a little bit of uh, of what it's about. Um, it basically shows um, little crumbs through history that God put in peoples around the world to prepare them for the gospel. And it is absolutely crazy. A, a lot of it is extra biblical, but it ties in with the Bible so close, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I really don't normally like to go extra biblical on, on things. Um, but this first lesson, I don't know what the, there's like, I think there's seven or eight chapters, but this first chapter goes so hand in hand with the Bible, it is just flat and amazing. I'm just, I had to read it, twice and I think I'm going to read it again this afternoon just because I I pulled an Evan like whoa are you kidding me um, and, and we're going to tie that in a little bit this morning um, we're going to look at first or I'll probably say this for like three weeks second Peter chapter number one we we just finished first Peter and uh, uh, I kind of debated on what to do this morning I know it's New Year's Eve and uh, you know I'm supposed to have some kind of you're supposed to go on a diet or supposed to, you know, do something different this year, I guess. Is that is that what you're supposed to do? Is that what I'm supposed to preach on every every New Year's? Is it maybe? I don't know. We're going we're gonna to go to Second Peter. Um, so uh, I, I think you'll enjoy this. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it seems like so many times we do get on this New Year's kick, like it's a it's a new beginning. But, you know, I think I think sometimes as Christians, we we, we kind of we know this and we understand this, but um, we get so ingrained with the world like we have to have start and stop dates. <clears throat> like New Year's has to be it. And if I blow it on Friday, then I'll have to wait till next year, right? Um, but we have a God of not just second chances or third chances. We have a God that is willing to let us renew ourselves and refresh ourselves at any given time. And, and that's the importance uh, of the God that we have. And we're going to talk about him a little bit this morning. 
probably a lot. So uh, again, with uh, Second Peter, whole new study, and I kind of debated on whether we would pick this up right away or just keep rolling into it, and I, I think we'll just keep rolling into it um, so I don't have to explain the, the difference of, of Peter and what makes him so special in my heart. You've probably gotten tired of hearing me every week um, talk about that this is Peter, the Apostle Peter that has penned this, uh, one of Jesus' close friends, um, a guy that I can't wait to go fishing with when we get to heaven, and, uh, and we're going to begin here in verse number one. Let's read one and two, and then we'll pray. And then we'll get to work, and we'll just have a good time in church this morning. Does that sound like sound like a plan? Let's let's just do that. Let's let's. Hey, thank you. Let's pray. No, let's read. Let's read. <laughs> Verse number one: Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us this morning. Lord, we thank you for a warm place uh, to worship you. We thank you for a, a Bible that is pure and true. Lord, we thank you for folks that uh, are willing to come out and to serve you this morning. And Lord, we're just, uh, uh, just excited for this new year coming up, uh, for the fifth service tonight and uh, the fun to be had after. And Lord, we just ask you to watch over and bless all that. But Lord, as we get to work this morning and we open your word, I just thank you for Jesus Christ and all that he's done for, for myself and, and for each and every one of us in this church. And Lord, as we look at the sacrifice that he's made and we look at the righteousness that he has extended to us, I just pray that if there's someone in here this morning, Lord, that's lost, that's not saved, I pray that they would get that settled today before it's eternally too late. Lord, for the Christian this morning, I pray that you would encourage us, Lord, give us strength to go out into this sin-cursed world that we live in. And Lord, help us to be uh, conquerors through Jesus Christ. And I pray that you'll do that in his precious name. Amen. All right, so Peter has a, a chance here to, to write a second uh, epistle, we call it, or a letter. And, um, you know, basically as we, we spent, kind of interesting to go back and look at when we started 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm thinking it was probably five months ago, six, longer than that, not that long. Anybody have an idea? Yes? Give me one, two, two, two. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're beginning the second letter, and it's shorter. That's good, right? It, it's shorter. And uh, just like the first letter that we studied, here the second, Simon Peter, is, is, uh, he, he's, he's explaining himself. He's given his address, if you will. It's, it's who's writing the letter, and it's kind of backwards of, of how we write uh, letters nowadays. Normally, we, we put the addressee at the top and who it's from at the bottom. Um, but it, but then these epistles, and most of the time in the Bible, it, it begins the other way. And I, I find it interesting that, um, has anybody ever write those letters and you're kind of like, oh, how should I close this? Sincerely? Well, I'm never, since, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sincere, but I'm never serious. So does that work? Or is it love? Well, we're just buddies, so that wouldn't work. Your friend, or, or how, you, how you close those letters off. Is that kind of a struggle for anybody else? Sometimes Evans, he's like me, he's like, yeah. <clears throat> but Peter here, as he's addressing this, look, look what title he gave himself. Simon Peter, a servant. A servant. Now, we, we don't hardly ever address ourselves to that today, but what is a servant? You know, we, we think of a servant, we think of somebody lowly, don't we? And that's the case, that's true. A, a servant is someone that humbles themselves to work for someone else. I, I get this all the time. People say, oh, you work for yourself. That would be great to work for yourself. No, I don't work for myself. I work for everybody. I work for all kinds of different people. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not so great. You can't wait to leave and go on to the next great person to work for, hopefully is the case. But when you are self-employed, you work for everyone, whoever will We'll uh, pick up your shingle, pick up your phone number, give you a call, ask you to come over and do some work. You, you work for them, so you're taking orders from them. You, you are, they are the boss. They're in charge, so you do what they want. You, you have to uh, sometimes put your expertise in there if, if uh, that be the case, but whatever, the customer is not always right, but you always do what the customer wants. That, that's how that saying should go, isn't that the truth? The customer is not always right, 
but the customer's paying for it, so you do what the customer wants. So, uh, you know, I, we are all servants of someone. Isn't that the case? Uh, we, we all are employed by someone or work for someone or whatever the case may be. We, we all have someone to answer to. That's, that's the glorious part about it. There's always someone at the top. And we all work and serve one another. And I, I looked at, sometimes you get kind of crazy with the dictionary, and sometimes you get a little surprised and sometimes not. But if you look the word servant up, it's basically that, an understudy or an underemployee is someone is, that is under someone. But it goes a little deeper biblically than just that. You know, we, we think of servant, we think of someone that is employed by someone. And, and you know, I think our idea of serv- servitude has kind of been skewed through uh, maybe the narrative that American history has been given, but we think of slavery as servants, and that's not necessarily the case. Uh, a servant is just someone that seeks to serve someone else. And us as Christians, that ought to be our number one goal. It's to not only serve the Lord, but to serve one another. So we see here that Peter, his title that he holds above everything, what he starts with is a servant. A a servant. And I I found that pretty interesting because, you know, you look at Peter's attitude in in the Gospels and you look at his uh, reactions and so on and so forth, and Peter doesn't really come across in the Gospels as quite of a humble guy, does he? Peter is usually the kind of loudmouth, proud, boastful type guy. But here, in Peter's maturity as a Christian, and and God gives him this pen to to pen this letter, he starts off with a servant. Isn't that interesting? You know, I said this when we started the church, and gosh, this is, we're, we're rolling on to four years now. When we started this church and we came up with the name and, and all this, that, and the other, and we came up with the name Harvest, and I, I've said this a couple times in the past four years, but when I think of Harvest, I think of a lot of work. I think of long hours. I think of getting dirty, greasy, muddy, cold, <laughs> wet. I, I think of rolling up your sleeves and getting to work. Does anybody else think of harvest as that? If you've ever had any part of harvest, that should come. It's a lot like snow plowing. Cody and I talk about this. It's a lot more fun to talk about than it actually is to do it. <laughs> it's like farmers, they, they look forward to harvest, and then about the first couple hours in the combine, and stuff starts breaking, and stuff starts making weird noises, and it starts raining, and you're like, oh, that's why this is no fun. <laughs> or snow plowing, you get in the truck, and I'm sure Luke knows about this, you get in the truck, and after a few times in and out of the truck working on something that doesn't work, you track snow on the floorboards, and then the windows are all steaming up, and the heater doesn't work very good anyway, and, and you're like, oh, I'm tired. I can't even stop and rest. I, I can't even go through the drive through in this truck, and ah, that's why this is no fun. We, we kind of forget what it's like when we're in the heat of the, bi- the battle, and you know what? Sometimes being a Christian's not a whole lot of fun, is it? It can be a lot of work. It can be persecution by others. And I, I kind of, you know, we don't suffer much of that in this country. But, you know, being a Christian is work. And I think sometimes when we don't realize that is because we're not working enough. Uh, I wish Cody was here this morning. I had all kinds of snow plowing things to go with this message. <clears throat> there, was, uh, there was a lady that was plowing snow with us. And um, it gets about... I don't know, the third or fourth day into it, and you start getting really tired. And she had realized that there was a wire up underneath the dash, and if she (laughs) took her foot and kicked up under the dash enough, the wire would come loose, and then she could get on the radio and say, my wire's loose, and then she could lay in the seat and take a nap. (laughs) So every once in a while, she would kick up underneath the dash and make the wire come loose. She'd get on the radio, my wire's loose, and it might take somebody an hour or two to come fix the wire, and they knew exactly where the wire was, and fix the wire, and what was that? I'm like, that's a pretty sweet trick. So I'm in my truck, I'm picking up underneath the dash, trying to get a wire loose so I could take a nap. (laughs) But I think so many times Christians are up kicking underneath the dash, and they're like, I just, I want a break. Has anybody ever felt like that? Just, I just want a break. I just need a break. I I just want to kick up underneath this dash, see if I can find a loose wire, and just take a break. You know, it's, it's okay for us to want to take a break. 
to slow down, to step back and reflect. In fact, uh, if you've got batteries, we are talking about batteries this morning, those batteries need to be recharged, don't they? If those batteries don't ever get charged, they won't work very long. You know, whether it be a drill battery or the battery in your van, if they're not charging, they won't work very long. And it's the same way with us. We, we need to get our batteries recharged, don't we? Uh, we think of that as going off on a cruise or going on vacation or going to the, <clears throat> going, taking off work for Christmas. Or do you, do you know, I didn't, I don't think I left the house at all yesterday, did I? Did, I didn't even put my shoes on, did I? That's recharging your batteries. I needed that. <laughs> this is what I got for Christmas. <clears throat> Should I tell them? Your husband helped out on Christmas because Christmas night is Christmas Eve night's like hectic. You know, when you got kids, you're wrapping stuff and getting stuff drug in and everything. And so before the kids went to bed, they, there was a cartoon or something on TV, and we we never turn the TV on and we never sit down and watch movies. So we said, all right, it's Christmas Eve. Let's watch a let's watch a movie as a family. <clears throat> so we get snuggled up on the couch there, you know, and. I don't even think I made it to the introduction of the princess, I don't think. And I was out. It was like 7.30. And uh, lo and behold, I opened my eyes and it was daylight. It was 8 o'clock Christmas morning. Here I am on the couch, still where she left me. No blanket on me, like <laughs> not at all. Just me and my Christmas pajamas <laughs> that my mom bought us. <laughs> so we all matched. On the couch with no blanket at 8, maybe 8.30, I don't know, it was, it was light like this. I thought, whoa, 13 hours of sleep? Never. I'm, I'm, I needed my batteries charged. I knew I didn't have anything to do the next morning. I, I, I think my subconscious could hear her bringing all the gifts in and wrapping everything, and, and my subconscious just said, just stay asleep a little longer. <laughs> and she said, I, I finished up at 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, wow, I was sleeping solid. I didn't, and I really didn't hear a thing. <laughs> she even took pictures of me because I didn't even move. <clears throat> so, uh, but every once in a while, we need to get our batteries recharged so that why? So we can be better servants, so we can get at it. And that is what Peter is saying here. He is a servant of the Lord. Now, one of the things, is it on our sign? I always forget what our sign says. No, it doesn't. It used to, I think, on the smaller sign. But we call this 10 o'clock church service. We call this 10 o'clock church service. You know, it seems like so much in our day and time, uh, which I think most churches start later, but they'll say 11 o'clock worship or 11 o'clock church, or 11 o'clock whatever, and I don't have a problem with any of that. But when I say, hey, it's service time, Lord, be with service, or serve, hey, I want us to have that mindset that when we come in here, this is service to the Lord. Have you, have you ever thought about it that way? With, that when we come in here and we sit down, this is service to the Lord. We are serving the Lord just by sitting here. How is, how is that the case? How is just sitting on our hind ends service to the Lord. Well, we, we just sang praises and worship to Him. That's, that's part of it. We're attentive. Aren't you? You guys are really attentive this morning. No, nobody has fallen asleep yet. <clears throat> we're, we're attentive. We're listening to what God would have for us. That's service. We're getting our batteries charged, I hope. That's where the encouragement comes in. This is like we're on the, we're on the fast hour. Okay, 45 50-minute charge setting. We're, we're going to try it. It's not a trickle charge this week. We're going to try and hurry up and get our batteries topped off and renewed so that we can go out in this week and get to work because that's what part of service is. That's church service. I'm not the only one that's working here, right? <clears throat> we're all working. We're all, maybe you guys are just supervising. <laughs> but we're all in church service, and that's why we call it service. We we, we chose to call it service and not just worship or not just church, but this is church service. <clears throat> so we need to have that mindset and that attitude that when we come in here and sit down, we are serving the Lord and we're serving one another. And I think so many times we just look around this, this room and we forget what it takes for this to happen. Now, this isn't a big promotion. We don't have lasers and smoke and all that stuff. But there is some a lot a lot of work that goes behind the scenes that I think sometimes we don't even realize. 
every once in a while you can hear the faint scream coming from that back hallway. Uh, it's not, they're not watching horror movies back there. That is some rugrats that are back there that they're trying to maintain and trying to keep confined. <laughs> so we've got that. And this is the shameful part about me. Christy will say, well, who, who, who should we get to do this, you know, next, whatever it is next. And I'm like, I don't know who's doing it now. <laughs> That's kind of how much, how much hand your preacher has over the situation. But you know what? That's partially on purpose. And it's partially designed and set up that way from the very beginning. I went to a church. Uh, we visited a church, uh, me, me and a couple of buddies of mine, we were out of state. And we were sitting beside each other, and he elbowed me, and he said, we've been in here for 20 minutes, and we've not seen the preacher yet. And I, that kind of stuck with me. Did you guys notice that? Maybe not. <laughs> but, but a lot of churches, the preacher's the first one on the platform to do the introduction. He probably will come up and do the announcements and, and so on and so forth, and, and the, the service director, leader, will kind of step to the side and I said I, I don't want I, that's not how I want our church service to go because I don't want church service to just revolve around me so Steve-O comes up here and he serves the Lord by standing here and leading in music and doing the announcements and doing the Bible reading that, that's on purpose so that you see that someone else does service and I don't even know the hours that he puts in behind the scenes all week long do we, do we think about that? What is that? That's service. That's his part. He puts the songs together, pulls the Bible reading, all that magic that goes on there with those black boxes that don't like me. He, he does all that. <clears throat> and, then, and then Cody, we're missing his pep here this morning, but he's back there pushing buttons, scrolling around, levers, knobs, stuff, all that stuff. He, he does all that stuff back there. That, that's, that's service. That service, and then on a nasty week like we've had this week, uh, we're heading to church this morning. I tried to get here early. I told everybody at the house, I said we need to get there early. I need to beat Dad <laughs> because he'll be out there shoveling the sidewalks. So we got to leave early. I've got to beat. I've got to beat Dad to get the sidewalk shoveled. We pulled in at a little before eight. Sidewalks are done. We we couldn't do it. Couldn't beat him. He came down yesterday. And shoveled the sidewalks. And, I, I, and we're heading down, and I said, man, I hope Cody plowed the parking lot. <laughs> see, see it, it, even myself, take it for granted that all of these things are getting done. And I don't even think about the service of others if we're not careful. So, and I'm not even sure who, who plowed the parking lot because I wasn't even here. And Dad came down yesterday because he gets bored, I guess, and shoveled the sidewalks yesterday to have that ready for us. For today, what what is that? That service, and if we hear a faint scream from the from the down the stairs in the back, it's probably trouble because that is Sam and Katie down there teaching the younger kids. What is that? That service. They've studied for a lesson this week. They've prepared. They've got up enough courage and gumption to to, to come here and deal with our kids today while we're up here sitting in church. And what is that? That's service. And then Tiffany's in the back. I think that's where they're at. And she's got the, the what's a nice word for those age? The difficult ones. <laughs> the two, three, and four-year-olds. And she has them all sitting down back there teaching them a lesson from the Bible. What is that? That's service. So it's not just us sitting in here holding these pews down. This all goes on behind the scenes that we don't even realize that's going on. And then the bills are being paid. I, I don't do that. I don't, me and a checkbook, we don't get along. <laughs> it, they always get kind of spongy and bouncy and rubbery. <clears throat> so all, the bills were taken care of this week for us to come in here. The heat was on and working and functioning. The sprinkler system for the first time in forever wasn't frozen, busted yet. It could happen this week, but you know that, that, that's all things that take place for us to have church. What is that? That's, that's service. That's service. That's, that's a servant's heart. And I think when we name this church appropriately, Harvest Baptist, because we have servant hearts here. We're willing to work. We're willing to do these things. And no notifications even ever mentioned or brought up. <clears throat> do, do you know how many acres of grass is here? 
Now, it's not grass mowing season, but there is acres and acres of grass here that has to be mowed and weeded and sprayed and swept and broomed and picked up trash and litter and a river runs through it, which you'd think would be nice, but it always brings up trash and stuff. Do you know all that stuff is taken care of? What is that? That's, that's these folks back here. Mom, my mom and dad, that's their servant's heart. The, what is that? That is a servant. Simon Peter, a servant. That's what we are. We're servants. We're servants foremost and utmost to the Lord. That, that's why we do these things. We don't do it for praise. We don't do it for, for emulation. We, we don't do it for to be known, or we don't do it for the money. We, we, don't, we do it for none of these things. That's one of the things I love about this church. When we have our business meeting on the 28th, whatever it is, <clears throat> the salary section says zero. What does that show you? It shows you that we all do this because we love the Lord. We do it because we want to. We want and seek and desire to serve the Lord, not for money's sake or filthy lucre's sake like Peter talked about in First Peter, but we do it because we love the Lord. That is a servant's heart, and we all ought to have a servant's heart. And I, I'm glad to say we do because if we didn't, this show would have crashed a long time ago. <clears throat> this is four years that service to the Lord has made this work, and that's what makes this work. Why do we seek to serve the Lord? It's so that we can serve others. It's to seek out the lost so that Jesus Christ can save them. That's our number one goal. If, if we had an official motto, that would be, that would be it. To make, <clears throat> we're sitting here reading Proverbs chapter 31, shows you how attentive I am, and I thought, man, that would, this New Year's Eve would be a great, great time to preach a message on Proverbs 31, the perfect woman. And you're like, and I know you ladies have all read books that it doesn't exist. It doesn't, you know what? The perfect woman in Proverbs 31 is the church. She makes her husband known in the gates. And that's what the church's job is to do. And if we all have servants' hearts, we'll make our husband known in the gates. And that's our sole purpose so that we can serve others by telling them who our husband is, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is our job, why we serve the Lord first and how we serve others, and that's the, not even the first sentence. we got to hurry. <clears throat> Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Oh, look, here it is. Who, who is he, apostle and a servant of uh, Jesus Christ, and who is this letter pertaining to? Uh, us. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's who Peter's talking to in this, this letter that we'll be studying over the next, I don't know, a couple months maybe. Maybe three, four months, however long it takes. That, that's who Peter's talking to. That's who Peter's addressing. That's who we're going to be preaching to is us. It's a letter to us here some 2,000 years later. He's addressing us because why? We have obtained, we've received, we have that like precious faith that Peter had and that the other apostles had. We are part of that. And how is that? Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We've preached on those the last couple months or the last couple weeks. So we're going to hurry up and get to verse number two. There it is. How did Peter end his last letter? That the God of all grace. Now where does our grace come from? It comes from that God. Grace. We, we've talked and discussed what grace is exactly. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. But grace even has a different definition than that a little bit is a little more specific than this. It is unmerited favor with God. That's what you and I have. We, we have favor with God, not that we've obtained it, or not that we deserve it, but we've obtained it. We, we don't deserve the grace that God gives us. What does grace do for us? It gives us help in a time of need. What does grace do for us? It saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith. 
not of works, lest any man should boast. That, that's what grace does for you. I, I kind of think grace is probably the most important gift we had in our bag last week. You remember that? And we speak so little upon it. You know, grace will help us get through a tough, a tough time. That's what grace will do. I, I think a, a three or four years ago, it's, it's just amazing how the Lord would have things work out. I've preached on grace specifically, maybe just a like whole topic of the of the message, I think maybe once or twice. And this particular week, the the message was specifically aimed at grace and how grace works, where we get grace from, what what will happen without grace, and without my knowing, there was a couple here that that their friends had been trying to get them here for several years. There was a couple here that morning that had lost twin babies just a couple months before that. Did you think God just happened to work that out on accident, coincidence? And I didn't know they were going to be here, didn't understand everything, and I'm thinking, oh, and I knew the background story, and I'm like, this is going to be, whew, this is going to be, perfect for them and the husband sat here and cried quietly almost that whole message do you think he has an understanding of what grace is I think he has a great understanding about what grace is I think we we kind of don't understand grace until we need that grace at a time of help and a time of need that's when we have a full comprehension of what grace is hey when we realize that we are sinners and we are destined to a devil's hell, that, that's when we realize the importance of grace. But until we realize that, grace is hard for us to comprehend, isn't it? We know we need it. We know it's nice. We, we, we look forward to grace. But until God pours His grace out upon us, it, it's hard for us to understand. It, it, I don't fully understand grace, I don't believe, today. I kind of hope I never have to understand grace until I get to heaven. And I'll get there, I'll be like, this is, that's what grace did for me? I, I hope that there's not a tragic time in our life to where I have to 100% fully expect, but you know what? I'm not foolish enough to think that that'll never happen. I know that'll happen. It's guaranteed. You know why? It's called life. Each and every one of us are going to need God's grace numerous times in our life. And you know what? There it is. Peter just told us in the last book where it came from, the God of all grace. And guess what? He's going to give us that grace, whether we deserve it or not, because we don't. That's what grace is. It's unmerited. It's un, we're undeserving. And it's only through the grace of God that we can get through, well, life. That's what the grace of God is. Look, and he says, and peace. Oh, don't you just want peace? I want peace. Peace. What would that be like? Christy says, you get to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> and have peace and quiet. Isn't that what we call it? I think so many times we think that that is what peace is. Just just peace. I, I just want some some quiet. And if you're a mom, you don't get it for a while <laughs> until the kids move out and the husband goes fishing, I guess. I, I think that's when you get peace. You can just... We had some friends of ours, uh, they went on a date night and we said, where'd you go? And they said, we went to the library <laughs> or a bookstore. I think it was Barnes & Noble. We went to the library on a date, and I thought, huh, I guess that's a pretty good place to go. Somebody's watching the kids. You don't have anywhere to go. Let's just go to Barnes & Noble and sit on the couches and stare at the fire. <laughs> and that's what they did on their date. What were they looking? They were looking for some peace. And if you have kids, you need some peace from time to time. <clears throat> but it's not just that peace and quiet, but it's peace in our hearts. Do, do you know that is what the world is lacking is peace in their hearts? What, what did the angel say that Jesus Christ brought? Peace. Peace. Good tidings. Great joy. Peace among men. Peace. That's what Jesus Christ brought. It's not just peace and quiet. It's not just countries not battling one another. Uh, by the way, I, I saw this morning <clears throat> to where uh, our satellites have seen Russian and Chinese ships offloading oil out in the ocean to North Korean ships. Whew, what are we going to do about that? This thing is far from, far from even started. But yeah, our satellites saw Russian. And I thought, 
are satellites that good you can zoom in and get the numbers on the ship? I guess you can. <clears throat> but we, we have seen that Russian and Chinese ships have been offloading oil on North Korean ships out in the ocean. Uh, we talked Wednesday night about how the moving of the, the embassy in Israel and they said, well, you just destroyed all the peace talks that we've, we've been working for years, and this is going to destroy the peace. There is no peace in the Middle East. There never has been peace in the Middle East, and until Jesus Christ comes, there will be no peace in the Middle East. It seems like that's all people want is physical peace, but how about spiritual peace? That can only be brought through Jesus Christ. That when you lay your head on your pillow tonight and say, if I don't wake up, it's okay. That's, that's peace. Do you, do you know most people, lost people, they don't have that peace? When lost people, when they go to the doctor and the doctor says, hmm, this doesn't look good, there's, there's no peace there. The reason there's no peace there is because they don't have the precious obtained like faith like we have. That's why there is no peace. And without Jesus Christ, there can be no peace. Look at this. So we have grace and peace. Gosh, did you know you were going to math class today? Be multiplied. Oh, <clears throat> I'm going to give this away. Don't be reading ahead. But Peter is a mathematician here. And we're going to see in the next couple weeks how much of a mathematician he is. All right, I'll give it away. <clears throat> The next couple verses, he's going to start using the word add. Add unto, add unto, add unto. And he wants us to add all of these things we'll talk about next week. He wants us to add those things. But did you know that God's not in the adding business? Look at what God's going to do. Grace and peace be multiplied. Oh, how many of you like multiplication more than addition in your bank account? Oh, yeah, that's called compounding. That works really, really nice. It, it, it multiplies itself. That multiplication is good in that aspect. Hey, Peter wants this grace and this peace to not just be strengthened and to not just be mm, added to here and there and maybe you'll get a bonus. No, Peter wants this grace and peace multiplied to us. Well, how do we do that? wonder how we do that. I bet Peter will tell us. Look at this. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Oh, here's the answer. Through the knowledge of God. Whoa. I thought maybe we could just pray for more grace and we'd get it. I thought maybe if we just prayed really hard, maybe protest, maybe we'd have more peace that way. Maybe if we just, like, borrowed some peace from our wife, maybe we could get that. Maybe that's how we get it. <clears throat> no, Peter said that the way that we get more peace and the way that we get more grace, through knowledge of God. Hey, what is coming in here and sitting down in these seats have to do with service? Because you will obtain more grace and you will obtain more peace learning about God. Whoa, I, uh, I find it interesting. We'll sometimes ask, ask our kids on Sunday, well, what did you learn about today? We learned about God. <laughs> and that's just a generic answer, isn't it? Or is it? Is it a generic answer? What did you learn about in Sunday school? We learned about God. That's always Wade's answer, I think. We learned about God. Okay, we took you to church. We figured that was the case. But maybe that's not just a generic answer. Maybe every week when we bring them to church and they go to Sunday school and they go back to junior church and Sam and Katie or Christy or whoever's, or Steve and Megan, when they're teaching these kids about God, hey, maybe that's how God is multiplying grace and peace to them. Hey, maybe, maybe if anybody at work asks you on a typical Monday, what did you guys learn about at church? Why don't adults do that? Has anybody ever asked somebody, what did you guys learn about in church yesterday? Nobody ever asks. Adults don't ask that, do they? Maybe when you go to church tomorrow and, somebody, and you say, hey, did you go to church yesterday? Yeah. What did you learn about? Just watch them go, hmm, what, what, what was it? 
and Vera keeps it in her notes. What we, Keith, if you ever need to know what we taught about the week before, Vera, she's on it. But we sometimes, as the preacher, like, what was last week's message? What did we talk about? Somebody, what did you preach on yesterday? And I'll say, that's a good question. <laughs> so tomorrow, well, Tuesday, when you go to work, say, did you go to church Sunday? Yep. What did you learn about? And just watch them go, hmm, I think it was weight loss. New Year's resolutions, I think. <laughs> just watch them stutter. Uh, hey, that's why we come to church, is to learn about God. Why, why, do I want, why do we want to learn about God? It's so that grace and peace can be multiplied to us. Hey, why should we say, man, preacher seems really excited about this Sunday night deal he's got going on. Maybe we should go. What do you think? Maybe we should go. He seems really excited about it. Yeah, because we're going to learn about God. And through learning about God, we're going to have more grace and we're going to have more peace. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? That, that seems better than any weight loss program. That seems like better than any New Year's resolution. Stop smoking, stop chewing, stop... what. That, that seems a whole lot better than any of that stuff we could do, doesn't it? Because maybe with God's grace, we could get some of those details figured out. Maybe with God's grace, we could maybe get some of these sins that we deal with worked out. Maybe with God's peace, our, our home might be a little quieter and more peaceful. <laughs> maybe the kids wouldn't be quite as loud if we had more peace in our life. And how do we get that? To the knowledge of God. Who would have thought it was right there? And, and... the knowledge of our God and of Jesus, our Lord. <clears throat> Ooh, that's some good stuff right there. You know, it's, it's interesting <clears throat> as a preacher because I see, do you guys know I, I love doctrine? Do you guys know that? I love doctrine. <clears throat> and and it's, it's interesting for me to, to talk to other people or to even look at and see what other churches teach and so forth because they're, are so many differences in doctrine across the board that it is astonishing. And it's kind of a, a little hobby of mine to kind of see where their doctrine difference, and, and doctrine is this, is what you believe and why you believe it. And I've kind of learned this, that a lot of times false doctrine comes from tradition, and, and oh, I can't wait to start this Sunday night series. It's going to be great. This, this, I'm really excited. If you want to learn about God, come back. <clears throat> but... The way these doctrines get started a lot of time is through tradition. It's just what we've always taught. It's just it's just the way it always was. It's just we don't I don't know why. It's just what we teach. It's just the way it's always been. If if you don't have Bible to back up your doctrine, it's heresy, is what it is. It's man's opinion, and Jesus dealt with that his entire time. You have heard, but what is it is written? That was his entire. He repeated that over and over and over. Ye have heard, but it is written. What was he doing? He was straightening out doctrine. <clears throat> so the, the reason I love doctrine is this, because sometimes people will take little pieces of Scripture and they'll design their whole doctrine around them. And we've covered doctrine before, but and sometimes when you know the difference of these doctrines, where am I getting at? <clears throat> there is a heresy that's called lordship salvation. But there's actually a little truth to it, but man has twisted that doctrine and made it false. And Lordship Salvation says that unless you make God the Lord of everything in your life, you're not saved. And the reason I have a problem with that is if some brand new Christian gets saved, they don't even know what the Lord of their life is. So does that mean they're not saved? No, because they didn't do anything to obtain salvation. We've talked about that over and over. What lordship is, is that as you grow and you mature, hey, you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. It doesn't happen the first day. It happens over time. It, it could happen the first month. Or, unfortunately, it could take 50 or 60 years for that to happen. But when you choose to do what Peter did, a servant, hmm, what does a servant normally call the master? Lord. Lord. 
So here in two verses, Peter is addressing himself as a servant. And the way that we get grace and peace multiplied to us is to have knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Look at it. Jesus Christ, our Lord. There it is. That when we place ourselves below Jesus Christ and make him Lord of our life, not because that's what saves us, but because we want to. Because we want to serve him for what he's done for us. Let's start naming off the thing. If I had my little bag up here that we had last week, and we started pulling things out of that bag, would that kind of remind us of what Jesus Christ has done for us that we could not do ourselves? Absolutely it would. I, I can't save myself, but you know what? Jesus Christ can do it for me. He's my Savior. We'll get to that. We didn't, we didn't quite get that far. But He's my Savior. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Born unto you in this day in the town of Bethlehem is Jesus your what? Savior. A Savior is born from David. That's who Jesus Christ is. He is our Savior. He saves us, does something that we can't do. How did He do that? Here's the gospel. He lived a perfect, sinless life. I can't do that. Anybody else more successful at it than me? I fail hourly, sometimes minutes, <laughs> sometimes continually. <clears throat> For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There it is. We need someone to be a substitute, a replacement, a sacrifice. A sacrifice is the innocent dying for the guilty. That's me. So Jesus Christ, God, <clears throat> took on himself the form of man, humbled himself, came to this earth in a manger, lived a perfect sinless life, and was willing to lay down his life on the cross for you and me. To save us, <clears throat> to be a replacement for us, to be our propitiation, to be our substitute, to be our redeemer. <clears throat> was buried, literally, in the ground for three days and three nights. But because he was God, he couldn't stay there and he rose again. Paul tells us, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, by all this is how we're saved, according to the scripture. That through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ... And if unless you've believed in vain, that's how we're saved. There's no other, there's communion can't do it. Baptism can't do it. Being a good person surely won't do it. But if we put our like precious faith in Jesus Christ and say, it's nothing that I've done, but it's everything you've done, that's how we can be saved. And then, little by little, step by step, we can begin giving over, it's just like an onion, Aren't onions just lovely when they're cooked? <laughs> but it's just like an onion. What, what do onions have? They have layers and they have peels. And it's almost like we just begin to give layers of our life to Jesus Christ and we make him what? Our Lord. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the only way we can do that is through knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a circle. I, I have written down here from I don't know how long said, I love how the Bible works in circles. You can jump in a circle anywhere. And that's how the Bible works. You can, the more you learn about God, the more you'll make Him Lord of your life. The more you make Him Lord of your life, the more you'll want to learn about Him. And the more you learn about Him, the more grace you'll receive. <clears throat> the more grace you receive, the more you peace you want. The more peace you receive, the more grace, the more you learn, the more you know. Look at that. It's just a circle. That's how it works. That the more we learn about God, the more we know about God, the more we learn about Jesus Christ, the more we'll love Him. And that's how this game works. We come to church to serve one another. I come here to serve you, but I come here to serve the Lord. We were talking in Sunday school this morning, I'll be real quick, how in man's eyes, Noah had the most miserable ministry of all time. He worked a hundred plus years on building this great mega church. And at the end, the only ones that got on the bus were his wife and his kids. 
they had to come. <laughs> they, they had to show up. That, you would think that was a failing ministry, wouldn't you? Like, what a failure. But like Keith said this morning, hey, we're all here because of his ministry. We're all here because of him. Because he was willing to serve the Lord. And if Noah wasn't willing to serve the Lord, we wouldn't be here. If Noah wasn't willing to serve the Lord, what do you think God would have done? Hmm, I'll pick another Noah. Hey, I don't want that for my life. I want to serve the Lord, and I don't want him to say, it didn't work out with him, I'll pick somebody else. No, I, I want to be part of this thing. I, I want that. I want the excitement. I want the thrill. I, I want to see what God is willing to do. Isn't, isn't that part of being service to the Lord and making him Lord of, the, Lord of your life? Hey, if you're not with him, uh, you're against him. I don't want to be against him. Let's pray and we'll get out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us this morning. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for a, a warm place that we can come. Lord, I thank you for folks that have ventured out this morning to come to church. I thank you for visitors we've had this morning. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come to church and to serve you. Lord, I thank you for these folks that uh, plan all week. Lord, they get songs together. They clean they mow the grass, they plow the snow, they get the sidewalk salted. Lord, they study for Sunday school lessons, they study for junior church, they, they study for a message. Lord, we thank you for these folks and for their service to you, and without that, none of this would be possible. Lord, we thank those that call and invite people to church. Lord, we thank you for uh, those that show up on a three-degree Sunday morning with snow blowing and flying. Lord, to be an encouragement to me. And Lord, to get their batteries recharged and go out in this world. Lord, we thank you for the grace and the peace that you multiply unto us. And Lord, especially we thank you for Jesus Christ. And Lord, the, the raw deal that you got when you traded me for him. Lord, we thank you for salvation. And we know <clears throat> that it's nothing that we can do. But the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the Lord, name of the Lord, shall be saved. And Lord, we're not going to have an invitation this morning, but if there's someone here this morning that's not saved, Lord, I pray that they would get that settled before it's too late. Lord, we've given the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, they need to receive